Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Art of NVC podcast. Today, I want to do a couple things. I got a great question from a listener, and I want to go over it with detail in a little bit. But first, I want to start off with a concept that I think is really applicable and, and beautiful. And it's uh, empathy first, just as an instinct. The idea would just to be to train yourself to instinctively move into an empathic mode anytime there's trouble within you or within your environment or within uh, someone you're dealing with. So let's refresh what emergency empathy is, and it is to guess how someone feels and why they feel the way they do. You do not have to be correct. You just want to be genuinely intending to discover why what's going on with them you know with a curious nature and uh, it's very powerful um, because everybody likes to be heard and understood and a lot of times when we are feeling annoyed or feeling frustrated or something other than joy we don't always know exactly why we feel as we do sometimes we just get you know angry and we react angrily and then if someone else is, is like, are you angry because of this? And, you know, it makes you reflect. It makes you go within and discover why you feel the way you do. And so it works both ways. It's very powerful. Um, it's really amazing. If you haven't done it yet in the heat of the moment, tried emergency empathy, please try it. You know, you can get it wrong, but um, so it's okay if you, if, you, if, if you do it wrong. You know, some of the traps are... Instead of asking you tell somebody how they feel, oh, you're angry because I'm late. No, say, are you angry because I'm late? It's much more powerful. But um, I have other episodes on emergency empathy earlier in the podcast, so you can do a deep dive into those if you, this is uh, unfamiliar to you. The concept is empathy first. The idea is to, is to create it, make it your instinct, make it your go-to mode whenever there's trouble, as opposed to the go-to mode of judging or... Uh, evaluating, diagnosing, blaming, all those modes that we've been taught by culture. So one way to do this is to kind of make it a game. Maybe when you're watching TV, if you if you still watch TV, uh, every time there's an issue in the TV program, do emergency empathy on one of the characters, just as, a, as an exercise, as a practice. Every time you're annoyed, do emergency empathy on yourself. And really just hone this muscle, this empathy muscle. Every time anyone around you is upset or angry or accuses you of anything, emergency empathy. Every time you get pulled over by a cop and it feels very uncomfortable and you don't like the cop who's giving you a ticket, emergency empathy on them or the person who gives you a parking ticket. Just all the time in every situation, whenever your parents are doing something that they always do, that really annoys you, or you get you feel really annoyed when they do that. Emergency empathy. And remember, it doesn't mean you're condoning or agreeing with them. You're just understanding where they come from. Once you do that, you'll feel more connected to them. They'll feel more connected to you. There's more harmony in the room. And it's just a much more powerful, much more loving way to interact with people. If, if there's no empathy, then it, it's there's, there's no connection. It's almost like they're not human to you. You know, they're just a problem. And that leads to fights. You know, the alternative is fighting or disconnection. 
And empathy brings connection. It helps solve problems. It's a beautiful, powerful thing. Unfortunately, your ego, our ego, all egos pretty much are not going to want to do it. When someone says something to you, especially if it's incorrect, if they say, I know you're doing, I know you're being passive aggressive right now by showing up late. And, you, and that's like, and not, that's not the truth at all. And all you want to do is correct them and, you know, just put them in their place. That's what the ego want to, wants to do. But if to do emergency empathy requires a level of, a level of discipline and a level of non-attachment to just not take whatever they said personally don't even defend it or reply it just to go right into emergency empathy because if someone is attacking you obviously they are triggered they are upset it's going to be very hard to communicate with them on any basic level on any functional level it's most likely it's going to lead to fights so if someone um, said that thing that i just said which was oh you're being passive aggressive right now by showing up late you could say, are you upset because you don't think I want to be here? Are you upset because you are, are you are you angry because you believe that I'm trying to communicate in passive aggressive ways? Whatever it is, as long as you are honestly trying to pinpoint why they feel the way they do. And when when you do that, here's the thing, when you do get it correct, when you do emergency empathy and you nail it. You, you you nail how they're feeling and why they're feeling the way they do. Um, in my experience, you can feel it. It's obvious. The energy in the room changes. Just like you can feel when someone's really angry or you can walk into the room and feel like everyone was talking about you. There's, there's energy. It's real. So when you hit the nail on the head with emergency empathy, you'll feel it. You'll both know it. There'll be a relaxation. There'll be an openness. And that's what you're looking for. And once that's there, then you can continue to communicate and suss out details. And after you can say, hey, you know, maybe you can make a request of them explaining, you know, whatever it is. But 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 that's the time you can work things out. But when someone's triggered, nothing's going to get worked out. So the main goal is just to bring, get everybody to feel heard and understood. Yeah. So emergency empathy first all the ego is going to want to do is defend yourself defend your identity attack them attack back so think of um somebody who bothers you right now a co-worker a friend a family member celebrity a politician and uh, just do some emergency empathy all right let's do it together i'm gonna think about somebody who's bothering me right now there's some politicians that bother me and if I do emergency empathy, I'm not going to name any politicians, but I would say something like, are you feeling scared that if you don't succumb to peer pressure, you will lose your position? Right? It's just an exercise. So find anybody who, who's bothering you and, and just do that in your head. It's a, it's a really powerful practice. And if you have resistance, just be aware of that resistance to it. That's that's your ego saying, I don't want to do that. Um, and that's the that's the challenge. That's the battle that we all are in. You know, the battle of the heart and love versus attachment to the ego. There's nothing wrong with the ego. I, I think of the ego as identity, just like your your identity of yourself. And if you think you're amazing and awesome, that's great. If you're attached to it, 
if 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 you're so attached to you being the best and then something happens someone comes around and they're better than you and you hate them because they're better than you that's where the problems occur so it's not about really the size of the ego in my opinion it's about how attached you are to your ego and so if someone hurls an insult at you and your ego's like defend yourself your honor your respect your name see that's attachment to the ego it's like you know who you are you don't need to defend yourself let's just create peace within them and then you can clarify later after peace has been created through empathy and once again remember it does not it does, doing emergency empathy doesn't mean you condone what they're saying if they call you a name and you just ignore the name and go to are you this because of this doesn't mean you're accepting it doesn't mean that they're correct you're just doing emergency empathy that's what i wanted to talk about with emergency empathy and now i want to talk about a question i got and it was a long question and i wanted to go over it um, she asked to be uh, remain anonymous, but thank you for your question. And so I'm going to read her question. She says, I understand not wanting to speak in a way that suggests someone did something wrong because you want the conversation to go as productive as possible. She understands that it's better to not uh, you know, imply that someone did something wrong or bad um, because you want the conversation to go productive. Exactly. That's one reason. One reason you don't want to imply someone is wrong or bad is because you, you want the communication to be productive. Another reason is saying someone is wrong or bad is just an opinion. There's no there's not a truth. It's not a fact. Opinions cannot be facts. So when you say someone is wrong or bad, it's just an opinion. Everything changes when your perspective changes. And so you're it's just like it's like a false paradigm. And if you're speaking on false paradigms, things get confusing, things don't get solved or resolved. So it's just much more effective to not run around um, claiming you are the purveyor of what is right or wrong. Um, if it's your opinion and you claim it's my opinion is it's wrong, that's much better than stating it as a fact. Um, she says, okay, but what about when you reflect on it yourself or talk to your therapist about it and the person technically did do wrong? Okay, so again, nobody can technically do wrong. However, people can do things that you don't like, that you would prefer they didn't. People can do things that cause pain. The thing is, again, that's the same, it's the same issue. If you if you think that someone can do wrong, that's the way that's worded is the problem. There's there's not there's not really any wrong or right. There's things that bring con you we want in nbc you want to stick to the facts there's things that bring connection there's if someone lied to you they told you untruth that's a fact that they lied right are they wrong for lying who knows that's 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 just a it's it's not very helpful to anything to to claim that you know in your opinion it was wrong that's fine but to say they're wrong what's that going to do how are they going to feel when you say they're wrong are they going to feel good are they going to feel like they want to work this out. No, they're probably going to feel defensive and triggered and then point out sometime when they think you were wrong. And now you're just pointing out when you tell them wrong. This doesn't help. It's not effective. But it's okay to point out things that you don't like. That's the whole point of NVC. You know, if you have a different preference or if you're in a relationship with someone and they do something, it's okay to say, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who lies or who sleeps with other people or who drinks alcohol every day. They're not wrong for doing those things. That's so that's that's my point on that. So she says, um, 
when you reflect on it yourself, talk to your therapist, and the person person did do wrong, like having a 20-year-long affair for the entire ma- marriage while lying about it and being manipulative, and then when caught, telling the wife to get over it. Okay, so having a 20-long-year affair and lying about it. A lot of people would say that's wrong, but again, it's just an opinion. Um, but that would mean a lot of lying. So you could say that was dishonest. That's a fact that that was dishonest. And maybe you don't want to be in a relationship that's dishonest. I know I wouldn't want to be. So, the, the you know, NVC is about being impeccable with your language. So that you just want to take out this wrong or right. But if you're if you were confronting this person and be like, well, you were dishonest with me for 20 years about this relationship. And then if they just said, get over it, right? Then that would probably be a, a statement that is likely to trigger a lot of people. And what do we do when we're triggered or someone else is triggered? Empathy first. Just go into emergency empathy. So if someone says something like that to you, like, oh, just get over it. And then you say, um... Are you feeling annoyed right now because you think I'm m- making too big a deal of this? <laughs> you know, whatever it is, like get some clarity on how they feel. Are you feeling frustrated because you think I should have already known about this or whatever it is? The goal of empathy, remember, is not to get it right the first time, but it's to genuinely uncover what's going on inside them. When you do, it has an effect. It brings connection, okay? When you apply someone who's bad or wrong, it creates fights. All right. Um, and then she said, oh, he's being manipulative. And being manipulative, it's kind of hard to quantify that. Um, it's kind of hard to say, like, you're definitely being manipulative. It's a little bit of an opinion, a little bit of a gray area. There's, probably, there's a cleaner way to say that. I mean, b- being dishonest is enough. That's another thing of NVC. You want to keep it simple. You don't want to go on and on and on. Just get to the the simplest, most direct and this is my opinion, the simplest, most direct way to get out the information. So instead of saying, you know, you were, you were uh, lying and, and being manipulative, just say you were lying or being dishonest. Okay, so then she says, isn't it understandable that at least when she's going over it on her own or with people, she could say it like she feels or thinks or sees, which is that she was being manipulated and tricked, for example. Okay, so that goes back to, so she's saying, isn't it okay when she's talking to her therapist and her friends and in her own mind to, to verbalize it that she, he, she was being manipulated and tricked and he was wrong for it? And my answer to that is no. It'd be much better to use NVC uh, principles all the time to create those patterns in your thinking. NVC, we're never blaming, we're never a victim, although we do have preferences but we take accountability for how we feel. So it's not that he, she's not upset because he lied. She's upset because she wants a relationship based on honesty. And that may sound a little weird, but that's the truth. If she was lying all the time and didn't care that he lied because she lied to him, she wouldn't be upset. He could have done the same. So his action didn't change, but her feelings changed. That's why we're always responsible for how we feel. And if we speak one way to our friends and in our mind, that's how we're going to speak in the heat of the moment when we're triggered and dealing with the person. So that's why it's very important, in my opinion, to do empathy, to, to use NVC in your head and, and do not allow yourself to get lazy and sloppy with your thinking. At first, it's definitely uncomfortable. 
when you're like oh, so aware of what you're saying and trying to word it correct and but that's fine that's just a process that's just a learning process it's a powerful tool there's no rush keep listening to podcasts and reading books and and going to practices and workshops and it becomes second nature and uh, it's very helpful so yeah so i said no don't don't allow yourself to blame anyone don't use language that blames anyone or implies they're bad or wrong or implies that you're a victim to them just stay in your power clarify your preferences clarify your feelings and uh, speak with facts that's what i recommend though she says you mentioned being able to take NVC into a full spiritual philosophy realm where it can better your whole life. Yes. NVC is a spiritual practice episode. So it makes me think you mean changing the way you think to not ever see people as doing wrong to you. Correct. Well, ever doing wrong to me. Yeah, I wouldn't word it doing wrong to me, but people definitely do things that I don't want. People, There's boundaries I'll draw and I can let people know. But it's just better to not imply that they're wrong or bad. It's just more effective. It's more loving. It's That's just the bottom line. When you imply someone's bad or wrong, they get triggered and defensive and attack. And it's a lot harder to solve problems when people are in attack mode. Um, so she says, but how do you justify if people literally did something perhaps even abusive to you or like to a child or an animal? So that's the thing. Just because I'm not implying they're wrong or bad doesn't mean I'm condoning it or justifying it. It just, it just means I'm speaking in as honest and factual a way as I, am, I can and in an effective way. So if someone did something wrong to a child, um, say they abused a child, are they wrong for abu- abusing a child? Most people would say yes, and, but it's still just an opinion. And it's not going to, is it going to help anybody to say you're wrong for abusing a child? Come with empathy. You'd be like, you know, how... How must have you have felt? Do you feel, were you feeling overwhelmed because of stress at work? Were you feeling overwhelmed because you hadn't gotten any sleep the night before? It's just, and by doing that, it doesn't mean you're saying it's okay to beat your child. It just means you're just connecting with them, keeping them human, right? If I say you're wrong, it's kind of dehumanizing. You're wrong, so you deserve to be punished. You're not worthy of anything. But if I just take all that out and say, okay, so this is this must have been how you felt, right? You're a human being. You probably didn't, on, on a good day, you're probably not going to want to beat a child. But on a day when you're super stressed and angry and scared or whatever, maybe you're, that happened. So you can at least connect with them on that. And then you can work out. That'll make them feel open and receptive. And then you can use NVC to... F- Find ways to solve whatever the issue is. So that's the key. Do not, when you don't, just because you're not implying someone's bad or wrong, does not mean you are saying they are okay or what they did was right, right? NVC basically, or a big part of NVC, is drawing your boundaries. So you don't need to say this is wrong or right, but you say here's my boundary. This is what I'll accept. And this is what I won't accept. I don't need to throw any judgment on it, but these are the facts. And if you know. If I see you beating your child, I will call CPS on the next time because that's not something that I want to be um, around. You know, whatever it is, but but you don't have to say they're bad or wrong. So yeah, so those are my thoughts on that. Thank you for the question. Um, yeah, that's the episode. New a little new format today. And uh, as always, if you enjoy the podcasts, you. Um, can uh, 
you can contribute to the podcast through uh, my Patreon account, Art of NVC. My ebook is uh, ebook, paperback, and audiobook are all available on Amazon. And I have a website, Art of NVC. I have a workshop coming up February 17th in Los Angeles. You can find out about that on my website or the wedeepen.com, W E D E E P E N.com website. And yeah, have a beautiful day. Good luck on your NVC adventures. <laughs>